Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I want to finish up my teaching on the prophetic today. Quite a very broad subject. I hope to come back to it another time. But today, I just want to end it somewhere. I've been talking about the seven different levels of the prophetic. When we talk about the prophetic, we are talking about man's ability to tap into the realm of the spirit, to know the mind of God, and to predict the future accurately. It's important for every believer to know the mind of God, every believer. It is important for every believer to be led by the Spirit, be guided by the Spirit. It is important for every believer to know how to maneuver with the issues concerning the future. Very important. Now, in the Old Testament, the prophetic was reserved for only one particular group of people. Those are the prophets. But in the New Testament, we have learned from Romans 8.14 that... God stopped that, and I'm, th- I'm thankful to God he did. So it is so much ignorance that today many people who are born again have the spirit still want to be led, guided by prophets. If you do that, you're going to be totally destroyed, and you're going to be a complete failure. And I'm going to explain to you why. In the Old Testament, there was a control over the prophetic ministry. There was strict control. And the people God empowered to execute this control were the people. So if you say you are a prophet, everybody in the land is authorized to deal with you if it so happens you are found out to be a liar. You know, Deuteronomy 18 verse 20 says something important. He said, the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Verse 21. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So, how many of you think many prophets should have died by now? Many, many prophets should have. If we're in the Old Testament, there are many guys who should have been dead by now. And for that reason, some people will not even venture to call themselves prophets. Because you dare not. But in the New Testament, there's something called grace. And grace gives people um, exemption from judgment. And so, if God had reserved the prophetic to only prophets, what would have happened is many people will be lying like it's happening now. Many people will be lying in the name of God. Many people's lives would have been misdirected. I know many, many people have made all the wrong decisions because somebody said he's a prophet and, you know, said a lot of things. And years later, you know, what will such people tell you? They will only say sorry, but they've messed up your life. People have made wrong decisions about their marriage because of a prophet. 
People have divorced their spouses because of a prophet. I know a lady whose husband divorced her because a prophet told him that the wife was a witch. You know, I can tell you many things. And many of these people are going free, going about free, because you can't kill them, but they'll mess up your life. So when we talk about the prophetic in the New Testament, you need to understand that it's a serious thing that every believer, every child of God must come to that place of understanding that the prophetic is not anymore under the control of only one particular people, prophets. The prophetic is something that God, in the New Testament, because we are in the dispensation of grace, and you cannot stone somebody to death because he lied to you, God decided, no more the prophets. I will guide you by myself, by the Spirit of God. Yes. And in the process of guiding you, there are seven different um, ways by which the prophetic operates, by which the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and direct your life concerning the matters of the future and the spirit realm. Seven different levels of the prophetic. The first one is seeing into the spirit. And seeing, we are talking about visions and dreams. The second level of the prophetic is hearing the voice of God. In the Old Testament, only prophets hear God's voice. But in the New Testament, every child of God has a right to hear God's voice, including you. So when somebody tells you God has spoken to him, it is not anything strange. It is nothing special. In fact, it should be something common. But out of ignorance, there are times when a Christian says God has spoken to him, and people begin to see that person as if he's such a specially spiritual person. But it's because of the ignorance in the church. Hearing the voice of God, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. It's the commonest thing in everybody's life. And that's why I'm teaching this, that you must know how to hear God's voice because he speaks to you all the time. Sometimes it's just that you don't know it's God that is talking to you. Yeah, and God speaks in two different levels, the audible voice and the silent voice. The third level of the prophetic is discerning the leading of the spirits. Sometimes people talk to you without speaking. Their facial appearance will tell you something should be done or something should not be done. So the discerning the leading of the spirit, Kenneth Hagin says that this is the commonest way by which God leads us. That is the most frequent way because that one is happening every day. You may not hear God's voice every day. You cannot hear God's voice every day. You may not see visions every day. But the leading of the spirit is frequent on daily basis, on daily basis. And it is one of the most reliable ways by which God guides us. And you can be fine without seeing visions. The fact that you don't see visions does not mean that seeing is closer to God than you. Yes, because in fact, seeing is the lowest level of the prophetic, the audible voice of God. You can be fine just by knowing how to discern the leading of the Spirit. Because that is the most frequent way. In fact, most of you have heard Dr. Otabel say that he's never seen a vision before. I think that is one of the most humble statements I've ever heard from any man of God. And it's true. 
And we are talking about close to 40 years of ministry. Outstanding global influence. I mean, how many people who have done what Dr. Otavel has done? Yes, that, that is what we are talking about. He says the predominant way God speaks to him is this level, following the leading of the spirits. Everything that this ministry has done and achieved, the vision of the church, the mission of the church, everything, our team every year, everything is without visions completely. And he's doing very well. And he's a man of God. What makes somebody a man of God is not visions. So you can be fine without ever seeing a vision. You can do very well. Much more than some of the people who see visions. Because I think in a five-fold ministry, five ministry, the people who have created the biggest problems are prophets. And the reason is pride. Because once people can see visions, they think they are higher than everybody. And they don't learn from anybody. They become proud. And when you become proud, Satan is very excited about you. Because... You have made his day. Yes. And that is why many, 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 many people who call themselves prophets have made the greatest mess in ministry. And please don't follow one prophet and destroy your destiny. Don't follow a vision and destroy your destiny. So the telephone of the prophetic is discerning the leading of the spirits. And I've spoken a lot about how to discern the leading of the spirit. You may have to listen to this over and over. These messages are going to be on podcast this week, so you can listen to it. You can also watch the videos on YouTube. I didn't copy these things anywhere. I study, I make my own notes. I didn't copy this from anywhere. For me to do this teaching, I have read over 20 books on the prophetic ministry. I'm talking about my own books, yes. And then I study the Bible myself. And then I ask the Holy Spirit to teach me and to give me understanding. And then I put my message together and I prepare my notes. So it's not cut and paste from anywhere. It's, it's, it's my own work. And most of these things, I do them because I'm going to write them into books. All right. So the fourth level of the prophetic is the gift of prophecy. Spoke about a lot uh, last Sunday. Last Sunday, many people told me they saw visions during the service. Many people told me very vivid, very outstanding visions they had during the service. So the gift of prophecy, which is something that the Bible says must manifest in the life of every believer. In fact, Apostle Paul said we should desire it, desire it, desire spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters shall Prophesy. He didn't say your sons and daughters will be roaming about looking for prophecies. He said your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Somebody say prophesy. Okay, okay. The fifth level of the prophetic is the prophetic anointing. The prophetic anointing is that special presence of God that comes upon anybody that enables him to, to operate as an instrument of God to bless people's lives. So the prophetic anointing is the special presence of God that God puts on people that enables them to solve specific problems or issues concerning human life. So when there is a particular situation at hand, sometimes in the absence of a prophet, God will anoint people. Yes, so the prophetic anointing 
oppressed on people who are not prophets. Last Sunday, I showed an example. King Saul, the Bible said, when he met the company of the prophets, he began to prophesy. Why? Because there was a prophetic atmosphere in the place. The prophets were prophesying, so the atmosphere was there. So one of the ways to contact the prophetic anointing easily is to know how to create what we call the prophetic atmosphere. I spoke about this on Friday. Number one way to create a prophetic atmosphere is to make sure you associate with the right people. Because when Saul met the company of the prophets, according to 1 Samuel 10 verse 9, I think, when he met the company of the prophets, the Bible said the prophetic anointing came on him and he began to prophesy. So right company, there are people you associate with. You must associate with people who are very spiritual, very prophetic, who are not profane, who are not ungodly, but there are people who are godly and close to God and work with God. The second way to create a prophetic anointing is praise and worship. Praise and worship. Every time you sing and you worship God, you enter his presence. And you have access to his presence. And it's very easy to hear his voice in an atmosphere of praise and worship. So if you want to be somebody who hear God constantly, one of the things that you must be very conscious about is music, the kind of music you listen to and the kind of music you meddle with and the kind of songs you sing yourself. Because there are certain songs you sing, the spirit withdraws from you. Because that song is ungodly, it's profane, and the spirit withdraws from you. There are songs that you sing, you bring the spirit. You attract the presence of the Holy Spirit. Third way to um, create a prophetic atmosphere is your faith, faith. Faith. Everybody say faith. Faith creates an expectation. Yes. You can never move God's presence without faith. God moves in the direction of faith. So that is why, you know, one of the things I like to teach pastors is how to minister in the spirit. I believe every pastor must be able to minister in his own church. That's my personal belief. Yes. If you are a pastor, you cannot be an ordinary man. And then every time you bring other people who come and throw their weight around as the men of God. And unfortunately, many so-called men of God are so immature. When they come, they make the pastor, the host pastor like a small boy, and then they promote their own ministry, and, and then they go. Yes, that's why a pastor must be a man of God in his own church. Then you bring others to augment what you are doing yourself. You see, one of the easiest ways to see miracles is to teach faith, is to preach faith. Because the Spirit confirms the Word of God. Last Sunday, I was preaching on the prophetic. Many people started seeing visions. The Holy Spirit confirms what you are expecting and what you believe in. And I believe today, more people are going to see visions. Last Sunday, some people told me they thought I was sprinkling water because they fell under the anointing and they felt somebody was sprinkling water on them. How many felt that thing? Yes, last Sunday. Like water being sprinkled on your, on your body. One person. Anybody else? Two, three, four. But you know sometimes when I'm ministering, I sprinkle water. But last Sunday, I didn't. So faith, the fourth way to create a prophetic atmosphere is prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. The place of your prayer is the most likely place that you can experience that prophetic atmosphere. Prayer and fasting. And then sacrifice. Now, I want to, to say something very important. The fact that somebody is ministering, especially men of God, and in fact, like we saw in King Saul, the prophetic anointing does not only operate on even men of God only. It can come upon anybody. Provided there is a serious issue that needs an intervention of God, the anointing will come upon people. 
In fact, in the Old Testament, because there were no men of God, the prophetic anointing was coming upon the fathers of the house. So when Jacob wanted to die, he called all his sons, Genesis 49, gather, gather to me all my children, let me tell you what will happen in the last days. <laughs> Jacob was not a prophet, but there's an anointing that came upon him and he began to speak about all his children and talk about the different tribes and spoke about their future. He said, I will tell you what will happen in, where? in the last days. One day, Balaam's donkey saw a vision. Balaam's donkey saw a vision. He saw the angel of the Lord with a sword in his hand, ready to kill Balaam. And because, <laughs> and because Balaam has been using that horse for a long time, the anointing had come upon him. Because, you see, Balaam started as a true prophet of God before he became corrupted. So he had a, he had a true prophetic ministry and then along the line, he backslided and became corrupted, if you study the Bible carefully. That is why he could still hear God's voice sometimes, and then also meddle in demonic spirits. That's another thing you need to know about this ministry work. Yes. And because this donkey is the one he has been using all the time, the donkey, some way, somehow, has contacted the prophetic anointing. And one of the ways the prophetic anointing can be contacted is through association. Yeah, I've realized that most people who served prophets eventually became anointed with the prophetic anointing. I think personally, the, the primary way the prophetic anointing came upon me is because of my relationship with my pastor. My pastor is one of the most outstanding people in the prophetic ministry in Ghana, if you don't know. Hallelujah. Yes, but by association, maybe God called me for this, but he had to use somebody to make me... Contacted. The donkey saw the angel. Even donkeys can become prophetic. You and I are better than donkeys. What do you think? The angel said to Balaam, you are lucky. You are very lucky. If not for your donkey, I would have struck you dead. May the angel of the Lord protect you like that. Yeah. When evil people sit down devising your destruction, may the angel appear. Not empty-handed, but with a sword. Amen. The angel said to Balaam, if not for your donkey, I would have struck you dead. Now, so the prophetic anointing is upon many, many, many men of God. And the sad thing today in the, in the church, in these last days, is that once a man of God can see visions and prophesy to people, they call him prophet. And that is a terrible mistake. There are many men of God that have the prophetic anointing on their lives, but they are not prophets. Now, the reason why people have to force to call themselves prophets is because you Christians, if somebody is not called prophet, you don't believe he's a true man of God. That's the problem with the church. So, I mean, we all want acceptance. And the easiest way to get acceptance is I'm prophet. And, you know, I've met people and I'm wondering, what is, there's nothing prophetic about you. you see? But once we hear the word prophet, so and so, Suddenly, we lose our head. Even if everything they are saying is stupid, we believe it. And sometimes you meet a very genuine, greatly anointed man of God, whose name is Reverend something, maybe Reverend Henry Hubert. But because the person is not called prophet, we don't take him seriously. In this church, I've had the greatest attendance at programs if the person coming is called prophet, so, so, and so. But... I tell you, some of the men of God who have made the greatest impact in this church, they were not called prophets. But they've come and they make 
Great impact. Great impact on people's lives. Yes. My DSM, Reverend Saminyaku, he came here. I never discussed with him that I want to go on radio. I've just been saying it in church that one day I want to go on radio. And he just came, and the Lord spoke to him. It's time for Pastor Hubert to go on radio. He took an offering on that. It was not even the offering that did it. The fact that he announced it, and he pushed, he pushed me to go out there. Today, we are on radio, and doing very well on radio. So in the New Testament, the title prophet is not what you should be looking at. I think I'll come back and talk about this a little when I'm talking about prophetic encounter. Or maybe I can talk about it now. I can talk about it now. Now, listen, the true mark of a man of God is not the title he's carrying. Hello? But the difference that meeting the person, the difference that it made in your life, the impact that the person's ministry made in your life, the changes that took place in your life when you sat under his ministry or when you met him, that is what defines somebody as a true man of God. It's not a title. It's not a title. Let's go to 1 Samuel 10 verse 6. He said, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. This is Samuel, the prophet, prophesying to Saul. He said, what? Well, the spirit of God will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and you shall be what? Turned into another man. You will be turned into another man. That is a prophetic encounter. The true sign that you have encountered a man of God is that there will be a change. Saul's life changed. Look at verse 9. So it was. Everybody look at this. When he had turned his back to go away from Samuel, what happened? God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. After Saul heard all the prophecies and he turned to go, Samuel said, I'm done. You can go. When he turned to go, the Bible said, God gave him a different heart. That's how he became another person. Because this man was being anointed to become a king. His status changed in the spirit realm that very day the prophet spoke to him. Yes. And let me say that, may it not be in your lifetime that somebody God has anointed to change your life. You meet him and not be able to discern because of the title he's carrying. May it never be so in your life. Listen, if Saul had not met Samuel, he would have remained a donkey chaser, looking for his father's donkeys. But let me read 1 Samuel 9. God spoke to Samuel, the day before, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear, the day before Saul came. Hmm? The day before Saul came, God spoke to who? Samuel. God spoke to Samuel. Let's see what God told him. Tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines, for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. So, the people are praying to God, Lord, deliver us from the Philistines' oppression. And God has decided to raise a king by the name Saul. But God had to speak to a man of God called Samuel. And God said to Samuel, 
Tomorrow, by this time, I will bring. So how did Saul meet Samuel? It was God who brought Saul to Samuel. Are you seeing it? But how did God do it? God didn't hold Samuel and say, my son, I am taking you to the prophet. I have a, a message for you from... <laughs> no, 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 no. What happened? His father's donkeys got missing. His father's donkeys got missing. So it was God who made the donkeys to, lost, to get lost. Then his father called Saul and said, Saul, take one servant with you and go and look for the donkeys. So they started roaming. And God made sure that everywhere they roamed, they never find the donkey until they came to the city where Samuel was. And when they got there, the servant said, there's a prophet in this city. Let's go talk to him. So they were going to see the prophet about what? Donkeys. But God had a plan to make him a king. I thank God when Saul met Samuel, he knew this is a man of God. When you meet through men of God, what you need is the anointing on their life to change your life. You see, many of you here, the same way Saul's father's donkey got lost, that's how you came here. Many of you are here, you thought you just came here by yourself, you like this church. In fact, some of you don't even like this church. But you are here. You know why you are here? Because God made sure your donkey got lost. You never find it unless you come here, meet me. <laughs> yes. Why are you not in Assemblies of God or Pentecost? Some of you are even, you even run away from there, even though it's a nice church. Some of you are in action, but you ran away and came here. Some of you are even in another ICGC church, but you ran away and came here. Because God will orchestrate circumstances like it happened in the life of Saul, donkeys will get missing all the time. And the reason why God will do that is because beyond the donkey, God has greater plan for your life. And Hosea 12, 13 says something. Hosea 12, 13. Everybody, let's read it together. Ready, go. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet, he preserved them. He was preserved, okay. By a prophet. God, will, that change you desire, that blessing you desire, that destiny you desire, God will only do it in your life through a man of God. Now, remember, this scripture is a prophecy in the Old Testament. It has to be a prophet. But in the New Testament, it has to be a man of God. That means it could be Anybody in the fivefold ministry, it could be a pastor, it could be a teacher, it could be an evangelist, it could be an apostle, it could be a prophet. But the important thing is that whoever that person is, that person must be anointed by God. God will never take anybody out of bondage without a man of God. And God will never put anybody into blessings without a man of God. Hello? Yes, and that is why prophetic encounter is very important. One way you know, this is the man God wants to use to, change, to impact my life. It's the changes that took place in your life when you met a person. And I'm praying a prayer again. May you not meet the man God has anointed to impact your life and be unable to discern him. May it never happen in your life. Because it's happening to people all the time. People meet a man of God and all they did is misbehave towards the person. You know why they do that? Because they couldn't discern. This is the man God who used to change my life. People meet a man of God, all they do is criticize and abuse. Hello? Yeah, people meet a man of God and all they want is money. 
money. How much money can a man of God give you? Hello? How much money can a man of God give you? Rather than make you a multimillionaire. Yes. One prayer for a man of God can change your life from poverty to wealth. One prayer, not many. Are you hearing me? Yes. Must come time in your life when you understand how to design your moment of change. There are certain people when I'm meeting them, I don't play. Hello? I don't play. My destiny depends on it. Tell me anything about certain people, I don't care. I don't care what is wrong with them. I don't care what is wrong. One thing I know that I know that I know is that they are part of God's plan to change my life. This year I was in Dr. Otabu's office. I was very attentive and alert. I didn't watch his shoe. Ask me what, what watch was he wearing, I can't remember. Why do you meet the man of God you are looking at is his watch? Oh, the, oh that his shoe is nice. I mean, you can't be serious. Some people wave it to pastor, this your shoe is now. When you wear it small, you give it to me. <laughs> you want to be wearing my old shoes for the rest of your life? If that's what I was doing, wearing my pastor's old shoes by now, how would you have had some to wear? You want to be wearing my old shoes? I never asked my pastor for old shoes. I, this shoe is Louis Vuitton. I bought it in a, in a shop in Santon Mall in Johannesburg, South Africa. It is blessing. It is favor that made me able to buy this in a shop called Santon Mall. The one day when you go to Johannesburg, go there. They have a lot of original. Do you know how I got this? Because I never look for money. I've never asked Pastor Kujo money before. Anytime I go there, anything I do, I take nothing except water. I don't need it. There's something greater than money. You know that by now. There are many times I've met people and I'm I was sad because the people are not serious. They are not hungry. They are not desperate. They are not looking for anything. They just want survivor. Give us this day our daily bread. That is for a prayer you pray to God. That's not a request you make to a man of God. That's a request you make to God. I said that's a request you make to God. That's a request you make to God. If you want your life to change, it will happen through somebody. But listen. If Saul had gone to meet another prophet somewhere, nothing would have changed in his life. Because God told someone the day before, I am bringing somebody. Do you know there are people God spoke to me about yesterday, before today? There are people I know they will be in church today. As I was praying for miracle service, there are people I know they will be in church. So that is prophetic encounter. Everybody say prophetic encounter. Prophetic. Yeah. So in your lifetime, you will meet people with a prophetic anointing. They are not prophets. My pastor used to be called a prophet because in the early days of his ministry, he was not even pastoring a church. In fact, I never thought my pastor could pastor a church because he was all over the place. Great prophetic and prayer ministry. Up to now, he's the, the director for prayer in the whole of ICGC worldwide. That's not a joke. The man has the authority in that place. One day God told him, you are not a prophet. You are an apostle. And I've heard him give prophecies, a lot of prophecies about nations. Things that, I remember one time when a prayer meeting and said there's going to be a coup d'etat in Nigeria. The following week there was a coup d'etat. That was in the 90s. It's not this thing, the people are predicting football match. <laughs> which we can all do. We can all predict football match. People are doing forecasting of events. That's not prophecy. We're talking about the prophetic. Things that nobody knows anything about. And that is what I want you to understand. Now, the next Level of the prophetic is the office of the prophet. Office of the prophet. I'll have to teach about this again. 
but let me touch a few things on the office of the prophet. Everybody say the office of the prophet. Now, when we talk about the office of the prophet, we are talking about someone called by God into the prophetic office who is functioning in that office. Can I say that again? Someone called by God into the prophetic office who is functioning. Everybody say function. All right. Now, in the Old Testament, prophets are, are called the mouthpiece of God. They speak for God. Prophets in the Old Testament, they are the mouthpiece of God. They speak for God. So when people want to hear God, they go to the prophet. All right? But in the New Testament, not only prophets are mouthpiece of God. Even the pastor is a mouthpiece of God, isn't it? Because every Sunday, people come to hear God through the preaching of the pastor, isn't it? So the pastor is also, <laughs> the pastor is also the mouthpiece of God. Okay? Everybody in the fivefold ministry can function sometimes as the mouthpiece of God. So in the New Testament, the right definition of a prophet is someone called into the office of the prophet who is functioning in that office. All right. So is God still calling people into the office of the prophet? Yes. Ephesians 4, 11. God is still calling people into the office of the prophet. Ephesians 4, 11. He said, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Yes. So in the New Testament, Jesus demarcated the five different offices that men of God can function in. Please pay attention. This is very important teaching. Jesus demarcated five different offices. Now, let me tell you this. In the Old Testament, these five offices were there, but all of them were called prophets. So there are prophets you meet in the Old Testament, like Jeremiah, like, um, I think Jeremiah was one of the very great teaching priests. Isaiah did a lot of that. They were just teaching the word of God. They did more teaching than people like Elijah and uh, Elisha and some of these prophets. Even Samuel did more teaching than visions. Please, are you following? So even in the Old Testament... There were people who were functioning like teachers of the word. People were functioning like pastors because Samuel was called the judge over Israel. So he was superintending over all the affairs of Israel. That is a pastoral work. So all these five offices were there, but they were called prophets. But in the New Testament, for the sake of function, everybody say function. Function means specific area of work. Jesus decided to segregate the five offices, and each office has its special anointing. But I must also say that there are people who function in more than one office. Okay, let me say it better. In the New Testament, someone can, can be called into one office and function with other offices. I'll give you an example in the scripture. 2 Timothy 1, verse 11. Everyone look at 2 Timothy 1, 11. He said, to which I was appointed, what? A preacher and an apostle and a teacher. How many offices do you see there? How many offices do you see there? Three. Who can tell me the three offices there? Who is a preacher? Who can guess what is a preacher? An evangelist. Evangelists are preachers. <laughs> Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. Is that not what we call evangelism? So evangelists are preachers. So 
But was Paul an evangelist? Those of you who know the Bible. Paul did so much evangelism, isn't it? Most of the places that he planted churches, there was no Christianity. So he was an evangelist. Then after evangelizing, what does he do? He teaches the people. And he had a great teaching ministry. <laughs> after teaching, he was an apostle because apostles do, you know, structures and systems. They build. Apostles are builders. One other thing about apostles is that they breed um, ministry gifts. So he would train pastors and raise pastors like Timothy and Titus and then put them in charge of the churches and then supervise the proper function. Paul never pastored any church. Why? Because you see it here. Paul built so many things. He never pastored one church because he didn't have a pastoral ministry. So you can meet somebody um, if you talk about someone like Dr. Otabel. Can you see many offices functioning in his life? Yes. He's a pastor, isn't it? He's still pastoring the biggest charismatic church, arguably, in Ghana. Arguably. I don't know. So he's a pastor. That's successful pastoral ministry, isn't it? He's one of the best. He's the best Bible teacher in Ghana and probably the world. No, 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 no. No question about that. Amen. I was sitting in a seminar when Miles Moro was teaching, and he said it. Miles Moro said this in Ghana in the 90s. He said, well, the best Bible teacher is right there. And he was pointing at Dr. Otabo. But this man is, is, is a great apostle, isn't it? Because apostles are pioneers of new paradigms. Yeah, we cannot talk about the charismatic move of God in Ghana without talking about the life of Dr. Otabo. Amen. So he is a man of God. I said he is a man of God. But people are called into an office called the office of the prophet. Everybody say the office of the prophet. Now, <laughs> the important thing about the New Testament ministry office is that there are three levels. Everybody follow me. The first level is the calling. Everybody say calling. The second level is the training. Everybody say training. Now, the third level is the functioning. Now, Somebody can be called into the office of the prophet, but that person needs to be trained properly before he can function as a prophet. Now, I've met people who I believe are called into the office of the prophet, but because of improper training, they are not functioning properly. And such people are dangerous because they have the gift, but they can use it to destroy you. How many years did Elisha stay with Elijah? Over 20 years. In fact, some Bible scholars say 20, some say 21, 23, at least over 20 years. Pastoral training is not a joke. Hello? Yes. So not everybody carrying the title of a prophet is a true prophet of God. Some are not called at all into the office of the prophet. Some are called but no training. So before you believe in somebody as a prophet, you need to verify. There has to be proper training, because the prophetic office is a very awesome responsibility. The destinies of people are in your mouth. Yes, it's like medicine. It's like being a medical doctor. One wrong prescription can kill people. And the sad thing is many people's destiny have been destroyed in the church. And the person who did it was a prophet, was somebody who called himself a prophet. That is why you can't just get up and say, I'm a doctor. Can you do that? Yeah. Can I get up one day and say, no, I'm tired of pastoring now. I want to be a doctor. I buy a white... Uh, uh, dog, how do you call that your dress? I got one stethoscope by my neck. 
I buy the, the lab coats, and then I'm walking about Dr. Hubert, hallelujah. <laughs> May you not come close to me where you see me, because the prescription I'll write for you, you, you yourself, you will love it. <laughs> Everybody look at me. Somebody was a fetish priestess. Then he said, now I'm born again. The next week, I'm a prophetess. I've started a church. And people are going to such a place. If a doctor, this man is a medical doctor, if this man cannot get up one day and say, from today I'm a lawyer, why should somebody be able to say, from today I'm no more a fetish priestess, I'm now a prophetess? It is because out of ignorance, we have lost respect for the ministry offices. I've seen many celebrities got born again. The next minute, they are reverend. And I'm asking, who ordained such people? Or maybe nobody ordained them, but they took the title themselves. Hello? And the reason why they, they take that, those titles, because as a celebrity, you're already popular. And you have a big following. There's nothing wrong with a celebrity who gets born again trying to preach to people to be saved. But the title, you cannot take it without due process. Without due process. Are you understanding me? You can't get up and say you are a pastor. You know, I just did an online pastoral course two weeks. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? You think pastoral work is that cheap? You think pastoral work is that cheap? Pastoral work is not easy. Yeah, that's why I don't rush to make people pass. There are many people in this church that could have been pastors in another church. But here you stay and you learn. If you're not ready for that, you can go for all I care. But I don't want to make anybody a pastor one tomorrow Something will be happening, and I will regret for being. Because Paul said to Timothy, lay hands suddenly on nobody, and neither should you become a partaker of another person's sin. You see, if I make somebody a pastor, all the mess is going to create, God will hold me accountable. God will question me for it. That's what Paul told Timothy. I've always said something about one great musician in this country who became born again, hip-life musician, who became born again. He was the number one at that time. He became born again. And he stopped music and became a pastor. Now, if you want to take the first 100 best preachers in Ghana, that guy still won't place. Hello? Oh, yes. So why do you leave a profession that you are at least among the first three and go into a profession that you, are, you don't even feature in the first hundred? Now, if that guy has still continued as a musician, he could have saved more people. He would have won more souls for Christ than being a pastor. But because of ignorance, everybody thinks you can become a reverend overnight. And more importantly, a prophet. So a prophet in the New Testament, yes, there are true prophets. There are people I will always, always vouch for. True prophets of God. And you can see that what made them to gain the reputation of being a true prophet is that apart from the fact that God called them and gave them the prophetic gifts, they went through the proper due process of training. Yeah, that's why some disappear and disappear. Having two heard of prophets that were so popular last few years ago, now they are fizzled. Because if your foundation is weak, you only last for a while. Yeah. But look at people like prophets... Christopher Yawano, over 30 years of prophetic ministry. Still going strong. 
People like Prophet Kakrabedin. Yeah, there are very true prophets. This year, was it this year Prophet Daniel Usanya was here? Yes, I've known that man for close to 30 years in the prophetic ministry. With integrity. With integrity. <laughs> Hallelujah. With integrity. With credibility. Credibility. But there are some, oh, a lot of noise. A lot of waves. The next minute, they are no more. Because if it is not of God, it will not last. I said, if it is not of God, it will not last. All right. So the office of the prophet is the sixth level of the prophetic. So what am I saying? I'm saying that God can still speak through prophets today. That's what I'm saying. Hello? But in the Old Testament, that was the only way God speaks. Today, it is one of the seven ways. Please, did you get that? Can I say it again? In the Old Testament, the only way God speaks to Israel was through the prophet. In the New Testament, the prophetic office is only one of the ways God speaks out of the seven. So there are times you can go to a prophet, and if the prophet is a true prophet, he should be able to tell you, I didn't see anything, and I didn't hear anything. That is the true prophets. If the person is not a true prophet, he will subject you to manipulations and lie to you because he wants to protect his reputation. Yeah, God can speak to you through the prophet or through six other ways. So if you limit yourself only to the prophet, you become very, very frustrated because sometimes he, he's not thinking of talking to you through a prophet. The last level of the prophetic is the prophecy of scripture. Prophecy of scripture. When we say prophecy of scripture, what do we mean? God speaks to us through the word of God, the Bible. Next year we are going again. Bible reading challenge. Genesis to Revelation. Oh, I didn't hear anybody say amen. Yeah. All right. It is part of our culture now. Every year, we read the whole Bible. One of the major ways God speaks to New Testament believers today is through the prophecy of Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, and for instruction in all righteousness so that the man of God will be perfect and complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. <laughs> All right. Second Peter 1, I think verse 18, the word of God. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Who is talking here? Talk to me. Who is talking here? Who wrote that scripture? Is it that difficult to find? The writer's name is there, isn't it? Okay, and you know what he was talking about here? The, the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, we were there when the cloud of glory descended upon Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we were there when we heard the voice because that day God spoke audibly and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Peter was referring to that. He said, and we heard the voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. May you hear the voice of God. Amen. Okay, 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed. The word heed means listen. He said, we have the prophetic word confirmed. What was Peter talking about? Peter was talking about the prophecy they heard on the mountain 
in verse 18, which says, this is my beloved son. In verse 19, Peter is saying, that word we heard is now being confirmed. And he said, you must do well to do what? To heed, to listen to it. What was he talking about? As a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Let's read verse 20 and then he said, knowing this first, that no prophecy of what? Scripture. When Peter was talking, verse 19, that the prophecy we heard on the mountain is now being confirmed, what was he talking about? Scripture. Because at the time they heard their voice on the mountain, the whole of the New Testament was not yet written. Hello? Good. So scripture was not yet completed. Peter was trying to say, now we have the whole scripture. So now take heed to it. That means pay attention to the word. Pay attention to the word. Listen to the word. Verse 19, please. Give heed to it as a light that shines in the dark place. A word from the Lord coming to you from scripture is like a light that is shining your darkness. How many of you have heard a particular scripture and it's like, hmm, this word is hitting me. Uh-huh. That's the light that is shining in darkness. <laughs> it's like that portion of scripture was written for this particular situation of your life. Like they took time, studied your life, what you are in now, and then they went to write it. That's how sometimes you feel. A light that is shining in the dark place until what? The day dawns and the morning star rises where? In your heart. So when you hear that word, even though the situation you are in looks like a darkness, Bible says when you take heed to it, when you pay attention to it, and you believe it, it becomes like a light that is shining out of darkness until the dawn. Dawn is what time? Before daybreak. So the word of God can move you out of your night season into daylight. It can move you from your night season into daylight. That is the most powerful prophecy of all, is the prophecy of Scripture. Verse 20, and then we will be putting it to a close here. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. So that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. The prophecy of Scripture is the highest level of the prophetic on one condition, proper interpretation. So if you take a scripture in the Bible and you did not interpret it well and you apply it to your life, you are not being prophetic. You are not being prophetic. You are being religious. <laughs> Hello? Yes. And there are many, many religious practices. Yes. There are churches you go, a lot of religious practices. And, but they'll give you Bible scripture for that. Read it. Is it not there? Black and white. Time is there. They will quote the scripture to you, but when you sit down to properly interpret scripture, that is why scripture interpretation is one of the most important requirements for anybody who wants to be a pastor. You must know how to interpret scripture well. Otherwise, you mislead people. I've seen Bible school curriculum. There's not, no course on hermeneutics. How can somebody be a pastor? <laughs> the basic tool of a pastor is the Bible. And yet, there's no training on how to interpret scripture. But yet, the person has graduated and is pastoring. That's why such people see anything on the net and they send it to their members. Any horrible nonsense, they send it to their members. That is why 
I want to encourage everyone of you. One of the things you can do to invest into kingdom advancement is pastoral training. Can I say that again? One of the things every one of you to believe God to do to advance the kingdom is what? Pastoral training. Because if the pastor is good, the church will be fine. If the pastor is not good, forget it. Forget the church. Yeah, that's why our government invests into training teachers. Because the quality of education in any country, you can trace it to the kind of teachers that have been trained. Yes. So today, if I ask you to come and give me money for my pastor's retreat, remember I told you why it's important. It's for kingdom advancement. Amen. I mean, this is serious. This is serious. We need pastors that are on top of their job. They know the work. Yeah, they know the work. Pastoral work is not taking one scripture here and put it together and say something. Shout out, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No, no, no. That one, every one of you should be able to do it. How does the prophecy of scripture come to us? Number one, when you are reading it. When you are reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit can speak to you through the scripture you are reading. Sometimes it comes to you by deep understanding into that particular verse. Sometimes it comes to you through how the scripture is jumping at you. I wish I can explain how scripture jumps at people. Like you just can't get away from it. You just can't get that scripture out of your sight. There's something that holds you to that scripture. Look at it again and again and again and again. This year, July, when we're fasting, we're doing a Bible reading challenge. And when we got to Matthew chapter 20, I stopped. I stayed with that scripture for the whole week. Because God was talking to me from there. That's where I, we did a prayer on uh, favor for the 11th hour. I've been reading that scripture for as long as I can remember, but I did not see it that way. But when God wants to talk to you, he brings you to the scripture at the moment. The third way the prophecy of scripture comes to us is, you are not even reading the Bible, but a particular quotation of scripture is just ringing in your spirit. You can hear it. You can hear it. I was married, no child, doing all I can, no child. And one day I was praying at 1 a.m. in Jessica. I was praying in my sitting room, going up and down, and I heard a scripture in my spirit. You shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be male nor female barren. It was like they opened uh, this thing. thing hit my spirit, boom, like that. And I know where it is, so I went to look for it. Deuteronomy 7, 14. It said, there shall not be male nor female barren among you, nor even among your cattle. That day I said, ah, so even if I have animals in the house, they must not be barren. From that day, I never worried about children again till they came. Never. I got my miracle that day. No prophet prophesied to me, no, no nothing, no vision. No. That scripture just hit me, and I just knew, thank you, Lord. Everything is going to be fine. Yes. So sometimes a scripture can come at you without, when you are not even reading it. Most of the times, when I'm coming to lead prayer on Friday, I don't prepare what topics we are going to pray about, number one. Number two, I don't prepare what scriptures we're going to pray with. When I take the microphone and we start worshiping, the scriptures come to me. The scriptures come to me. That's prophecy of scripture. Yeah, I don't lead prayer doing outlines. No, I do outlines for my sermon, but when I'm going to lead prayer, anywhere, this is one of us to lead late night prayer, uh, greater West, 40 days of power. No, I didn't prepare any outline. I just, the scripture the Lord gave me, I knew the topics that will come out. Prophecy of scripture. The Holy Spirit will speak scriptures to you and then give you the meaning and tell you what you should do with it. Okay? The last way the prophecy of scripture comes to us is when the man of God is preaching the word of God. 
When the man of God is preaching the word of God, like I'm preaching now, I may not know what you are going through. I may say something like a joke. I may say something I didn't even think of you. But the Holy Spirit has a way of directing the preaching to speak to people, to speak to people. As we close, I want to say that God will speak to you through one of seven different ways. How many different ways? Seven. Seeing into the Spirit, hearing the voice of God, discerning the leading of the Spirit, the gift of prophecy, the prophetic anointing, the office of the prophet, and the prophecy of Scripture. You don't determine for God how he speaks to you. He decides how he speaks to you. So you must know all these seven ways. And please, 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 study this and know it well so you can be safe. Otherwise, you are not safe. As a pastor, since I took over this church, I can tell you, there are many times I've received phone calls. And when I pick, my name is Professor So-and-So. The Lord has given me a word for you. Then I ask one simple question. How did you get my number? I hope God didn't give you the number. How did you get my number? Because if God gave you a prophecy from me, did he give you my number too? I don't listen to those kind of nonsense. God doesn't talk to strangers to talk to me. If I don't know you, you don't have anything for me. Are you hearing me? Yes. And most of these people are crooks. Crooks who go about hearing things about you. You know, there was a guy who used to come to this church. Every miracle said he would come and look at the people I'm praying for. And then they have, a, they have a syndicate. And they will be calling our members and telling them that they have a prophecy for them. And, and people believe some of this foolishness. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. They, they call people. You know, you know of that. Yes. They will call you. One day I was in my office. And then I heard a knock. When I went, I opened, good morning. And you know the way they do it. Very, you know, serious face. Good morning. Yes, good morning. How can I help you? God sent me to you. I told him that. You know what? I was praying when you came. I was praying. The God who sent you, I was talking to him in prayer when he came. Then I told him, whatever God told you, go to the other. Prophet Samuel is there. Go and tell him. He will write it down. But for now, I'm praying. Everything he said was things that we all know is happening in this church, which they have come to find out. Some of you people carry out spy work on you, and they come and prophesy to you. We call it prophetic manipulations. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated by people. Are you hearing me? Don't allow yourself to be manipulated by people. Nehemiah had somebody asking him to come for a prophecy. The book of Nehemiah. And I said, should such a man as I flee, and who is there such as I, who will go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Verse 12. Then I perceive that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because of Tobiah and Sambala had hired him. May you have discernment like that. Amen. I said, may you have discernment like that. Amen. People paid that guy to give a prophecy to Nehemiah to deceive him and get him destroyed. And I tell you, when people see money, they can't say anything. I said, when people see money, they will say anything. Be careful the things you hear and what you do with them. Be careful the things you hear and what you do with them. Are you hearing me? Be careful the things you hear and what you do with them. Because this is about your life. Life is only one. Don't play with it. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated. You are too precious to allow yourself to be manipulated. Are you hearing me? It is not good. You know, if somebody comes to see you and say, I had a dream about you. He said, look, look me in the face and tell me. Look me really in the face. Tell me the dream. When you hear it, think about it, pray about it. Tell him, thank you very much, I'll pray about it. Because some people come to you, all their dreams is just lies. They want to manipulate you. 
Sometimes people want to get you to do something, they will put you into a dream. Sometimes people want to get you not to do something, they put you in a dream. <laughs> One day, a lady came to me in this church. She said, I've been dreaming about some people's marriage in the church. I told her that, don't worry about that issue. I'm praying for everybody's marriage. <laughs> you know, such people, they don't stay in this church too long. When they come, they go. Another lady came to tell me, said, Pastor, I had a dream today. I don't understand. You were preaching. When you finished, you said all the council members should stand here. I was sitting there, and then you said, then you said are you not a mother council? Come and join. <laughs> no, I am not lying. I am telling you somebody's dream. <laughs> hey. I was looking at the lady. Michelle Lady Nusa. I said, he thinks I'm a small boy. He thinks I'm a small boy. Nobody became a council member through prophecy. So I told him, oh, don't worry. I said, it's, it's, I've heard. I'll think about it. You know, you have to be polite. So what can you do about these things? There was a wedding I was going to officiate. Somebody came to me and said, Pastor, this thing is difficult for me to say, but... I've been had this dream three times. I said, what dream is it? I said, Pastor, the people you introduced, I dreamt, and the young man was suffering, and he was suffering, and he was suffering, and he was suffering. And a voice was telling me, the lady is not uh, the right person for him. Hey. Charismatic people. Charismatic Christians. I'm the best prophecy. And I, I told her, I said, you know what? This marriage will be fine. I told her, this marriage will be fine. There will be no problems. Later, I got to find out certain things about that lady and the lady that the guy wanted to marry. There were some issues. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, so she wants to use me. That's witchcraft. Because... He will be sitting somewhere and they will be blaming me. So sometimes people can use you. They will be hiding somewhere and then they use you. You know, one day a young pastor came to my office and said, I seen a vision. I said, Tell me. And he was talking. I was looking at him. I said, Why should you be doing this to yourself and to me? Because everything the guy was saying is not true. In fact, common sense will tell you it's not true. So when he finished, I said, Thank you. I pray about it. Then I talked to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit told me, Somebody sent him. I mean, good guy. Very good guy. Sometimes you need to be very, very knowledgeable and principled to escape being used. Yeah, because sometimes people can push you. People can push you. People can push you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. One day, a young man came to me. He said, my wife had a dream. I said, really? Let's hear it. He said, my wife saw that my mother has been coming to the house in the night, attacking the children. I said, do you want us to find out who is the real witch that is attacking your children. Do you want to? So I said, call your wife. Come. And this illustration is for the purpose of learning, isn't it? Okay. So I met the man and his wife. I said, I heard you had a dream about your mother-in-law. Tell me the dream. She started talking. You know, you know when the anointing is truly there, you can easily pick out. Are you still here or you are gone home? Oh, you are going to be blessed today. Say amen to that. So I spoke to the lady. When she finished narrating the dream, a lot of things she told the husband, she couldn't tell me. And I told her, I said, look, everybody's children get sick. Me too, my children get sick sometimes. Why do you want to blame your mother-in-law for this? I said, in fact, 
If you want to go into the spirit and find out whose mother is really a witch, you won't like it. <laughs> so I said, next time you come with this kind of dreams, we will go into the spirit. <laughs> There's a witch in everybody's household. <laughs> If you say you believe there's no witch in your house, in your family, raise your hand, let me see. I will show you now that there's a witch in your house. There's a witch in every house. I'm, I'm, when I say house, I mean family. The family you are coming from. And there are witches in every church. I hope, I hope that one didn't come like a, as a shock. That will be for another day. There are witches in every church, witches in every company, witches in every workplace. There is witch everywhere. Every market, there's a witch. Every school, there's a witch. Everywhere people are guarded, there's a witch. Every family, there's a witch. So stop, stop blaming somebody's mother as being a witch. It's your mother. Maybe he, she is or she will be. Yeah. Or she did and she has stopped. Maybe your mother has stopped. So are you blessed today? Put your hands together for Jesus. I feel such great prophetic anointing. Lift the right hand to heaven and thank the Lord for your life. Thank him for 2022. The rest of the scriptures are there. Go and find them and read them. And may the Lord bless you. Amen. I said, may the Lord bless you. Amen. May your life become prophetic. Amen. Everything about you, your business, your career, everything about you, your marriage, your children, everything about you may become prophetic. Amen. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord anoint you and teach you how you can maneuver in the things of the Spirit, in the matters of the Spirit. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.